on occasion, there are those messages that just before coming to the platform to preach them, uh, I feel like I'm going to hyperventilate. Uh, this is one of those. It's really one of those because um, we have to talk about a, a topic that, that for all of us hurts. It hurts because all of us at one point or another have, uh, have had to handle some sort of personal injustice. Uh, we've had someone else do harm to us. We've had someone uh, point their finger in our direction and, and do us wrong. Maybe, maybe it was in a family gathering. And you are a good, wholesome, Christian person. And you know that in a family, uh, there's going to be people that don't always get along with one another, but you do your very best to love and to serve. And for the most part, your family relationships are good and solid. And yet, there is this one person. You're thinking of him right now. You're thinking that this week is Thanksgiving and you probably are going to have to spend time with that person in your family. And for whatever reason, they find a way of just poking, right? Uh, they're your family. They find ways of taking these big red buttons in your life and just pushing them over and over and over again. Personal injustice. Maybe it's not a family member. Maybe your family is going to have a great time at Thanksgiving. There's not going to be any underlying tension at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, but maybe for you, uh, maybe for you it's a co-worker. Maybe it's a group of co-workers. Maybe it's an entire board. And you work hard. You do the things that you're supposed to do. You show up on time. Uh, on occasion, you'll stay late. You do your job, and you do it well. You'll stay, and you'll try and help out somebody else. If you're a farmer, you're, you're going to take your combine into somebody else's field to try and help them out. Even if there's no personal financial gain to, to have from all of this, you, you do it out of the goodness of your heart. You want to be a servant. You're serving in an office environment, someone else, you notice that they're falling behind in their work, and, and you begin to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to help them out. And yet there's that one person. There's that one person that just finds their way to irritate you to no end. They have found a way to harm you. You've helped them out before, but they're not going to lift a finger for you. And in fact, not only will they not lift a finger to help you, uh, you have found uh, that there have been occasions in which they have bad-mouthed you behind your back. And you don't understand. Injustice. Harm. Maybe it's not work. Maybe it's a neighbor. 
Maybe you're a great neighbor. You like, you like, you know, make sure that you help people with their lawns and like rake leaves and, you know, you, if it's cold outside, maybe you even uh, bring hot cocoa over. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, uh, come, come uh, Christmas time, you'll, you'll bring a group from the church over to sing Christmas carols. But maybe you have that neighbor, and they have a barbecue every 4th of July. And they invite everybody else on the block but you. And it's not like you're not friends with the other people on the block. I mean, you are. You've had them over to your house. And yet this particular person, your neighbor, is not going to give you the time of day. In fact, sometimes there was that one time you couldn't get to your lawn on time. It grew a little longer than anybody in the neighborhood would have liked. Yeah, they went down to City Hall. They said, hey, isn't there some kind of ordinance about this? And you feel, you feel violated. An injustice has happened. And and students, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you in here, uh, students, you know about injustice. Uh, You know about that person whom you have been kind to over and over and over again uh, because you have some sense of value. But when it came time in the cafeteria for you to sit at that table where everybody else sits, they didn't want any part of you. And you have walked home and gone, I don't get it. What do we do about injustice? Uh, What do we do when when we feel we have been personally violated? Uh, How is it that we respond? Uh, How is it that that we take what it is that God has given us and respond well? Injustice, personally, is not a new thing. Uh, Actually, from the very beginning of of creation, just about, there have been... uh, interpersonal relationships that that have been filled with the tension of injustice. And this morning we find that Jesus, as He sits on a mountain and teaches, He begins to address this issue of what do we do with personal injustice. And, and, And in order to really understand what He's saying, we have to understand the entire flow, right? Uh, We have been talking over the last four weeks uh, about inside out, and it's Jesus changing our character from the inside out. And we have walked through little bits of His sermon on the mount, and this morning uh, He begins to answer for us this question of injustice, but really to to get there. In order for us to understand uh, this injustice, we have to take it from the beginning, We have to understand the core thought, the central idea of what Jesus is doing in this sermon. In week week one of our series, Inside Out, that God is changing us. We we looked at at what God was doing and, and, and He said, hey, hey, 
unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers, unless your heart belongs to God better than the religious leaders of your day, you don't have any part with me. I don't know you. And in order to illustrate that, he gives six things. And we've walked through four of them. In week one, it was, it was murder. He said, you've heard that it was said, don't, don't murder. And, and, and God reaches into that situation and he says, for those of you who would desire a righteousness that's greater, uh, he's going to reach into the heart of, uh, of those who would follow him. And he's going to say, it's, it's not just about not murdering someone. It's about your emotional health. You can't even be angry. In week two, we talked about adultery. He said, it's not just simply about the act of adultery. And he reaches into the heart of mankind. And he, and he proposes a righteousness that has to come from the inside out. And he says, you know, it's not just about uh, an adulterous act. And he points to those of us who need to have a commitment in the most intimate of relationships. And he says it's not even, not even about lust. Week three, we said God is reaching into our marriages and He's saying it's not about a certificate, but it is about a commitment. And He raises our level of righteousness from the inside out. Last week, we came together and we said, be honest. You can take all the oaths in the world, but you can have a lying heart. And Jesus reaches into our heart and He says, be honest. And this morning, Jesus addresses this issue of personal injustice. What will we do with injustice? And he's going to say that there is a response that we have to avoid. And he's going to say there's a response that we have to give. There's something that we cannot do and there's something that we must do. There is a response we have to avoid and a response we have to give. Join me in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. Jesus is going to say something powerful about personal injustice. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. If you have a pew Bible in front of you, you don't have a Bible, page 678. If you don't have a Bible, please take this one home with you. It won't be stealing Okay? We want you to have it. Take it and read it and love it and then obey it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. Jesus is going to say, avoid getting even. Avoid getting even. Notice what he says, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And then he's going to tell us something about the heart of those who follow him. But I tell you, 
And every time he says, but I tell you, he's going to say, this is, this is the heart of the righteous person. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. What are we to do with personal injustice? What are we to do with the harm that is done to us? Jesus says, avoid getting even. What does this mean, eye for eye, tooth for tooth? The hard thing here is that God has actually said these words, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. So in order to understand what it is that God is doing here, what Jesus is doing with these words, we really need to go back to the Old Testament. We're going to go back to Exodus. Exodus 21, in fact. There are several times throughout the Old Testament that this phrase occurs eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But what is it that it means? What was Jesus getting at? How did God originally intend these words to be used? And what we're going to see is that, that this was a law of justice. Uh, that God was allowing equal, equal justice to take place in a world that was savage and barbaric. Notice what it says in Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 21, verse 24. Exodus 21, 24. Abraham, oh, wrong marker. I hate it when that happens. Exodus 21, 24, excuse me. If men who are fighting hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burnt for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. What is... What is God doing with these words? Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. He's saying, in a world that allowed justice to accelerate, to exceed the crime, you must only give equal retaliation. In order to understand this, maybe we need to think about two kids sitting in the back seat of a car. Maybe you were those kids in the back seat of the car. Maybe you are those kids in the back seat of the car. Maybe you have two or three or ten or fifteen kids in the back seat of a car. Here's the law of justice in the ancient world. There's one child sitting on the right and another on the left. There's that little crack in the seat in the middle. And the one child in the back seat 
Their hand crosses the line. The other child sitting in the other seat noticed this, this, this egregious act. And they don't just allow their hand to creep across the boundary. They say, Take that! To which the other child now responds, Oh yeah? Take that! Have you experienced this? You see, justice in the ancient world was not about equal retaliation. It was saying, if you knock my tooth out, I'm going to wait. And when you're not looking, I'm going to grab the biggest branch I can find. Bam! You're going to get yours. The justice in the ancient world was, if you were to go into someone's village and kill them, that entire village would now come and massacre your village. And so in the midst of this barbaric, chaotic world, God said, no more. You must retaliate equally. It was a merciful law. It was a law that was designed for justice. Eye for eye. And no more. Tooth for tooth. And no more. But that's not the only thing that we see of God, what God means by this term, eye for eye. We find that it was equal retaliation, that it was not to be exceeding, that it was not to, to escalate in intensity. It was supposed to be even, equal, merciful justice. But we also see that this law, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, that this was a law of the land. Uh, that this was not a private law to be carried out by individuals for Israel. That this wasn't a private law. This was a social law. This was a legal law. Walk with me into Deuteronomy chapter 19. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 16. If a malicious witness takes the stand to accuse a man of a crime... The two men involved in the dispute must stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and the judges who are in the office at the time. The judges who make a thorough investigation 
And if the witness proves to be a liar, giving false testimony against his brother, then do to him as he intended to do to his brother. You must purge the evil from among you. The rest of the people will hear of this and be afraid, and never again will such an evil thing be done. Show no pity. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. And what we have to see is that the original intent of this law was not only that it was a law of justice, a law of non-escalation in violence, uh, but we also have to see it in the framework that this was not a private law. This was a law of the land, a a court-binding law. There were judges and there were witnesses and the judges would look at the, at the people involved and they would try and determine. They were like the CSI of the ancient world. And they would talk to people. Is he telling the truth or is he not? And if he was not, justice was supposed to be had by giving him the punishment that he desired for someone else to have. And the idea was that they would have a land that was full of justice. But this was not personal revenge. This was the law of the land. The problem. The problem in Jesus' day is that is exactly what has been taking place. The Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers of the law, they had taken this law, this law of justice, and they had made it a matter of personal vengeance. And they had said of this law, if you have someone that is irking you, that is getting at you at work, that is a family member that you can't stand, that is a neighbor that is annoying you, then you take your vengeance eye for eye, tooth for tooth, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. And Jesus is saying, that's not the heart of God. They're misusing that law. You see, what Jesus is saying, when it encounters our personal injustices, when we are harmed by others, He's saying, avoid getting even. Did you notice what He says in verse 39 of the text? Uh, He says in verse 39, He says, But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now understand what Jesus is saying. He's not talking about a violence where someone rounds up with their right hand and smacks you on the cheek. That's not what He's talking about. He's talking about the kind of slap That's a backhand. That's an insult to you. It's not about inflicting the most damage. It's about inflicting an insult on you and your character. And he says, avoid getting even. Resist the evil person. Turn the other cheek. And for those of us who have, all of us probably, at some point in our life, who have had to endure some sort of venomous behavior on uh, on the part of someone else who would assassinate our character, this is hard. 
And yet it seems like what Jesus is saying this morning is if you would be a righteous person, if you would be His man, if you would be His woman, then you must avoid the response of getting even. So, this Thanksgiving, you're going to go home. You're going to go to whatever home or place or gathering spot, and there's going to be a meal, and there's going to be that person, that person in your family that just finds their way into your skin. And maybe this Thanksgiving, you're going to have an opportunity to enact revenge. You're going to have an opportunity this Thanksgiving to get even. And Jesus says, avoid getting even. You're going to go into work this week, and you're going to show up on time, and you're excited about the holiday, and everything's going well, and there's going to be that coworker that just wants to be the Grinch on your parade. And there's going to be something put on the bulletin board, and you think, oh, I've got them now. I could so get even. I could make sure in an email thread that they are going down. And yet Jesus says, don't resist an evil person. Turn the other cheek. Don't get even. Your neighbor... Oh, you're going to notice. They blew all of their leaves into your yard. And this time you've had enough. Jesus says, don't get even. The student that constantly picks and picks and picks at you. Tells lies to other students and all over social media about you. And you have the opportunity to tweet something out that's so luscious, you could get even in a second. And Jesus says, don't get even. When Jesus says, don't get even. He's talking about our personal relationships. He's not saying, hey, if you, if you see a crime being committed, don't, don't stop it. If someone comes into your home and wants to violate you or your family, uh, uh, just sit back and watch. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying in your personal relationships with other people, seek wholeness. And be His man or His woman by avoiding the temptation to get even. But that's not even the hardest part of this text. Are you ready for the hardest part? Jesus is not only saying, don't get even. He's not only saying of our response to injustice, don't get even. He is saying, get ahead by giving up. 
Not only do we have to not get even, he's going to say you get ahead in this relationship thing by giving up. Notice four illustrations that he gives right in a row in Matthew chapter 5. Join me in verse 40. He says, if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Four things. Four little illustrations. If someone wants to take your outer coat, he says, give him your undershirt as well. Give up your rights. You see, it was a right in the ancient world if someone took your outer coat that they could not take the clothes off your back. And Jesus says, do it anyway. Give beyond your obligation. Give up your right. A Roman soldier could take, take you and point to you and say, I want you to carry my heavy rucksack for a mile. And you were all obligated under Roman law to, to take that sack for a mile. And Jesus says, don't just take it a mile. Take it two miles. Go beyond your obligation. Give up your rights. Go beyond your obligation. It was a religious obligation for you to give to those who were in need. And He says, hey, for anybody that's in need, you, you make sure to give. And don't forget to let them borrow from you. The toughest part about all of this is not only that we have to give up getting even, it's that we have to give up our rights and we have to extend our obligation. So here we are again. There's that family member. Jesus is saying, Will you go beyond your rights and your obligation to serve them? To your coworker who just irritates the snot out of you, who you would just love to get even with, not only do you not get even with them, you find a way to go beyond your right. You allow yourself to be the doormat at your office and you serve them. Your neighbor. Oh, constantly irritating you. You mow his lawn. You make sure that they have Christmas blessings, maybe before anybody else. The student, you pray for them. You serve them. I can see some of you are going, no way. How in the world, Mike, am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to not get even? How am I supposed to actually love those people that, that hate me, that, that have done harm to me? We look at our Savior The last place I'm going to take you this morning is 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, 
This is to a congregation that has suffered. This is to a congregation that is being persecuted. This is to a congregation that knows every bit of personal injustice that you and I can possibly fathom. And Peter shows them Jesus. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. He committed no sin. And no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threat. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus. Jesus. Precious Jesus. How, how are we to do this? Well, I'll tell you, it's not on our own strength that we do it. It's by tapping into the example of the Savior that we want to be most like. We look to Jesus. And in looking to Him, We will avoid getting even. And we will get ahead by giving up. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank You for Your goodness, Your Word. It challenges us to the very depth and core of our heart, our soul, our being. Somehow, some way, Lord for the people that have done us harm, who have done great injustice to us. Help us find a way to tap into the example that Your Son gave us. And help us be today more like Him. Thanks, God. Thanks for Your Word. Change us from the inside to the outside. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.